This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. The native village of Karluk on Kodiak Island in Alaska went viral this summer for an ad offering cost-free living in an effort to reopen its school. But just a month after classes started, the school is closing again. KMXT's Brian Venwa reports. The decision to close the school was unanimous at an emergency school board meeting. Cindy Mecca is the Kodiak Island Borough School District Superintendent. It's a sad day when you have to close a school. Um... And it's not anything that I ever wanted to do in my tenure. Um, and it's nothing that I want to ever repeat again. So it it weighs heavy on your heart when you have to close a school. Karlik on the southwest end of Kodiak Island in Alaska had just a few dozen year-round residents, with only two of them being school-age kids. The village advertised free living expenses for two families to move there over the summer because the state requires 10 students to be enrolled in order to receive funding. The ad worked. Two families with eight kids between them moved to Karlik in September, and the district's Board of Education voted to reopen the facility. Then both of the new families had left Karlik. A representative for the Tribal Council said in an email it was a blow to the community. She said, quote, It's so disappointing. We thought we picked the right families. October is when the Alaska Department of Education does a headcount of students for funding, but since the families left before the count was finished, Mika says they could be out $80,000 in their already tight budget. We didn't make it through the count. That's predominantly the reason why, that is really solely the only reason why we are closing. The district is currently working with the state to try to get prorated funding for serving the 10 students for the weeks they stayed in the village, but otherwise the money will have to come out of the district's fund balance or savings. While it didn't work out, Mika says she still stands by her recommendation and the Board of Education's decision to reopen the school. We did the right thing. It was a risk. Um, it didn't pay off, but, um, you know, we did our best while we had the school open. The building will officially close on November 2nd, exactly one month after it opened. The kids in Carlick are currently working with the school district to transition back to homeschooling. In Kodiak, I'm Brian Benoit. Artist Buffy St. Marie is speaking out about a media report that questions her indigenous identity. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, a Canadian Broadcasting Corporation documentary suggests St. Marie's claim to indigenous ancestry is contradicted by family members and a birth certificate. The CBC says it found her birth certificate. It says she was born in 1941 in Stoneham, Massachusetts. Her parents were Albert and Winifred St. Marie. The documents also list the baby as white and includes a signature by an attending physician. From her early days, St. Marie has claimed to be a Cree woman. That's now being contradicted by members of her own family and an investigation suggesting she has European roots. St. Marie says the questions about her origins are hurtful. These questions hurt me. They still do. But they also hurt others. They're questions I've struggled with my whole life. In the 1971 Buffy St. Marie songbook, which she wrote and illustrated, she said, When I go home to the Cree Reserve in Canada where I was born, I usually spend a few hours of every day teaching the Cree language. Also, in a 1986 interview with the Los Angeles Times magazine, she said she had been born on the Piapot Reserve in Saskatchewan. In her 2018 biography, there's no official record of her birth. I don't know where I'm from, who my birth parents are, or how I ended up a a misfit in a typical white Christian New England town. The 82-year-old St. Marie says she realized decades ago that she would never have the answers. Still, some Indigenous academics say it's unacceptable for non-Indigenous people to speak for Indigenous people and take honors they shouldn't. For National Native News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez. 
National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by AARP. AARP creates and connects people to unique tools and programs, helps conserve personal resources, and tackles issues that matter most to individuals, families, and communities. More at aarp.org. Support by Drummond Woodsum, a full-service law firm whose nationally recognized tribal nations practice provides services to tribal nations and their enterprises and to companies that do business with tribes across the country. More at dwmlaw.com. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.